Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum, and Section 44. The ABC recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight on Irrational Fear, Amazon founder Jeff Bezos was forced to announce his divorce before the National Enquirer exposed his relationship with a longtime mistress who simply goes by the name of Alexa. The billionaire didn't seem too upset, mainly because he can have everything shipped to his new house in less than two days. And scientists say the ocean is warming faster than they first thought, which is bad news if you love marine life and stable weather patterns, but good news if you love the idea of the Earth becoming a giant jacuzzi. <laughs> yeah! And Mark Philippoussis warns Nick Kyrgios to curb his unsportsmanlike behaviour, to which Nick Kyrgios said, this is the pot calling Kettle a dickhead. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! It's about fear and it's about survival. On ABC Radio. This is Irrational Fear, the program that tells you what you should be really scared of. And joining us for a bit of fear-mongering tonight is a man who once recited Jay-Z and Kanye West's click to me twice on a work road trip. He is the Lewis part of Triple J's Veronica and Lewis. It's Lewis Hobber. Hello, Dan. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, it's been a few years now that song has been out. Have you recited it lately? I mean, no. And the reason <laughs> is sad. Uh, as you, uh, the, the reason I learnt it was because it was a duet between Jay-Z and Kanye West at the time. I learnt it with my girlfriend so we could perform it at parties and we've broken up. So. Oh, okay. oh, God. <laughs> I, I regret I asked. No, no, that's fine. But Let's... not as much as I regret hearing it the second time on that road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Our next fearmonger is a writer, producer, storyteller, comedian whom, whom whilst working on Tonightly with Tom Ballard was regularly asked to make the saddest subjects funny in the form of a nine-minute monologue is the host of the ABC podcast Little Tiny, Kara Schlegel. Hi. Hey, Kara, can you make my breakup funny? (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, our final fear monger for tonight has been killing it lately with her hilarious Instagram account. So much so, she's been getting free cans of tuna and bubbly water from well-known brands. This influencer is the host of Pedestrians No Chill and waiting for a date, it's Lucinda Price. Did you mean to say influenza? Yeah, it's Influenza? It. No, I didn't. Did I say influenza? <laughs> it's quite a good joke, actually. Well, it's actually fish fluenza. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and how is it? Well, I, I actually fart a lot now because I drink so much sparkling water. Right. I perpetually have like a bloated stomach. But apart you, from that, it's great. Did you goad those brands to come and support you? You're a well-known tuna brand and a well-known sparkly water brand? Did, well, is that part of your part of your plan? Yes, and I am a true influencer. I truly do love them. And then it just happens. So next I'm going to be uh, posting about Porsches. Oh, yeah, very good. <laughs> of course, we here at the ABC, we're not allowed to do free, get free thing, things from, from brands. I have to send so much free stuff back. It is heartbreaking. Really? What do you have to send I have to back? Get send, I, people try to offer me free stuff constantly, and I have to send it all back and I have to say no to it all. What would like, happen if you kept it? Like, how would they know? Well, they wouldn't know, but there's a little thing called Senate Estimates. And I don't know if you've heard, but there are some people in the government who are not big fans of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation. And uh, if they found out, um, yeah, we'd get fired and we'd not hear the end of it. I had to send back a case of whiskey at the end of last year. An entire case. Heartbreaking stuff. I know. The time I like to get the most blackout drunk. <laughs> you had to send a cold crate of whiskey back. I did, yeah. Did, was... did, did you not have a sip before you... <laughs> not a drop, if you're listening at Senate Estimate. Uh, next time this happens, can you just, like, send it to me? Is yeah. that possible? All employees. No. In case you don't know, all the, all the employees of Tonightly with Tom Ballard no longer work at the ABC. Yeah, so I can <laughs> fine. And you guys desperately want to get sad drunk, so I'll send it your way. Well, this is show four of five on ABC Local Radio of Irrational Fear and I think it's going pretty well. I think, you know, we've done so... We haven't been kicked off the air so far. Uh, I don't know if you heard... We've had some reviews in, um, which is really exciting. Former Greens MP Jeremy Buckingham uh, gave a review of Irrational Fear earlier yesterday. Dead fish, a massive stink. Oh, sorry, I'm going to stop. Irrational Fear. On the ABC. Your fear is rational. It's because they're communists. All right, the first fear tonight, cash for cane toads. Yes, as part of a plan to eradicate Australia of its 200 million cane toads, Pauline Hanson suggests that Queenslanders get paid 10 cents a cane toad to catch and collect them, and then 20 cents if they kiss them in case one turns into a Queensland premier for One Nation. (laughs) Uh, A a 10 cents a cane toad. Now, that's the same amount of money you get for for a plastic bottle in some states. Um, It's not actually not that bad. It's not as bad as it actually seems. Um, because if if you adjust for inflation, ten cents in nineteen fifty is actually a dollar four in today's money. Which, if you do the maths, makes just as much sense as the whole scheme entirely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Now, many biologists suggest that this method is pointless because the cane toad is a prolific breeder, and you're better off converting the cane toad to Christianity. Uh, understandable. My parents, uh, well, they kind of instilled in me during my teenage years that there will be no amplex before marriage in their household. I don't get that joke. Am- oh, it's a, it's a, like an amphibious mating joke. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's how that, that's how the frogs jump on top. Of, that's how they lock arms and stick stick what? to each other. And that they- what audience do you imagine is going to enjoy that? Oh, well, the audience from ABC Local Radio, they're very smart. <laughs> Just that's one from my amphibs out there. <laughs> just a just a toad joke for the road. <laughs> so, folks, does this scheme make any sense to you at all? I think it's a 
good try. It's a good try? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That sounds like you're Pauline Hanson's grade one teacher. <laughs> good try, yeah. Pauline. Um, you- a B minus. A B minus, yeah. What? Remember when um, they started doing these like cash for can situations and it was called cash for can? Yeah, and Pat Cash was on the ads. Yeah, and I was talking yeah. about this to my friend and they were like, they should call this Cash a toad. I'm like, <laughs> you missed the obvious pun there. It was cash a cane. Cash a cane. It's sitting right in front of you. I get really nervous about letting Pauline Hansen be in charge of getting rid of an entire group of anything. <laughs> like, I don't want her to taste success at that. It is on brand. It's, cane toads aren't from Australia. That's for sure. They're and, from France. And we're swamped by them right we now. We are swamped <laughs> by cane toads. That is true. Pauline Hansen, she wants to do a pilot version of this game. How do you think it'll play out? Well, I don't imagine it's going to quite get that. This is going to be one of those pilots that gets cancelled after one episode. (laughs) I don't reckon we're going to get six seasons and a movie out of this one. Did you see her trying to run after one of them? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a video of her. You've got to be quick to catch one. That's what she yeah. <laughs> I think I've got it right here. So this is uh, this is Layla McKinnon talking to Pauline Hansen on A Current Affair. <laughs> <laughs> and she's in, basically A Current Affair went all chases war and everything and encouraged Pauline Hansen to chase one live on camera. And she did. So, um... Let's see what you've All got. Right. Show us how it's done. Okay, this is this is Toadie. Okay, so I put on the gloves. I normally line them up with my car and and uh, make sure it goes under the wheel. So anyway, that's what I think of cane toads. We need to get rid of them. So here we go. All right. Oh, there he is. He's off. He's running. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that segment? Was that? Um, do you think Pauline Hanson made a admirable effort to catch that cane toad? Oh, look, she she stuck to her guns. She followed through. Um, I give her a 9 out of 10. <laughs> That's good. She could put that 10 cents to some campaign finance. She's never had any problem with that in the past. It's always been a nice, clean, smooth run for campaign finance with her. Well, I always thought it would make sense that she would start another fish and chippery but do... <gasps> Like toad legs. Yes, yeah, that's a great. Like a sav in batter, but a toad in batter. And then sell them for another 10 cents. Yeah, she could sell them to all the French tourists that are swamping Queensland. (laughs) 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 It kind of would make sense. You know, why don't they get all the French backpackers to go and collect the cane toads as part of the fruit picking scheme? That's great. (laughs) That's how you you keep a visa in Australia. If you're French, you have to go and pick up your dirty cane toads. (laughs) Yes, and it's their own fault. It's their fault. They brought it here. Yeah, you, you break it, you buy it, French people. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm very excited to let you guys know that right now we actually have uh, a professional cane toad hunter oh, wow. in the studio. His name is Steve Ernan, and he's uh, he's come all the way from Queensland. G'day, Steve. Welcome to the studio. Tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into toad hunting? Oh, crikey. I am stoked to tell you my story, Dan. I am just so passionate about spreading the word of toad murder. <laughs> I've been dreaming about hunting toads since I was a wee tadpole in my father's flourishing eco-scrotum. <laughs> I founded Un-Australia Zoo in 1995. Yeah. It's a menagerie where we hold innocent, non-native living things that came here by boat captive for long stretches of time. Very um, um, naturally, Miss Hanson is a big fan of our conservation work, and she invited me to be the very first Australian to try out this uh, cane toad hunting scheme. Crikey! Wow! Well, wow, lucky you. How, what did, how, does that make? Was they? Were you excited about that? 
Oh, crikey, I was excited. <laughs> now, how much have you made during the trial scheme so far? Well, as you know, I am the number one cane toad hunter down under. Yeah, you just, yeah, absolutely. We made know. that clear. Yeah. I have uh, thus far made a very tidy profit of uh, $4.30. <laughs> wow. And uh, tell us, $4.30, that is pretty extraordinary numbers. What is your method for catching cane toads? Well, it's fascinating, Dan. We've done research on another organism, a very rare reptilian creature. Uh-huh. Uh, this large-eared, cold-blooded creature originated on the sunny shores of Manly in Sydney, uh, but it migrated to Canberra around the same time that we started the zoo. Uh-huh. The Latin name for this fauna is Tonitia ebotolia, and uh-huh. we know he primarily right. feeds on raw onion and is scared of gays. Yeah, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, when he's around, all of these toads that can swap their gender whenever they need to, Tonadia flips out. Oh, yeah, right. Crocky. Wow. Wow. Of course, the cane toad is also a uh, simple-minded pest. So we've constructed a cage made of raw onion, which attracts the toads. We then play Sure's smash hit Believe on repeat yeah. until the toads work themselves into a death rage. Wow, that is that is a intense, intense way of mm. catching things. Uh, what would the profits be going towards now that you've got $4.30, um, Steve Vernon? Mm. Well, back in 95, when I first started on Australia's... <laughs> you've been doing this a long time. Oh, many years. <laughs> There was a very rare mammal on Australian television screens uh, called the toadfish Rebecca. <laughs> now, all proceeds will be going towards sustaining this creature's living expenses, which we hope will one day allow him to be released from his gilded cage of Ramsey Street. <laughs> well, Steve Vernon, thank you so much for joining us on Irrational Fear right around the country. Croc, it's my pleasure, Dan. Cane toads, we need to get rid of them. Irrational Fear. Oh, there he is, he's running. On ABC Radio. Fear number two, boomers. They stole our houses, they stole our environment. Now they're stealing our truth. A new study from Princeton University and New York University found that age was the main factor that determined whether someone would spread misinformation on Facebook. Right, people under 40 right now are yelling at the radio the same way they would chastise a puppy crouching over the carpet in the living room by saying, no shit! (laughs) It's uh, something that many of us have uh, known in our guts for a long while. Uh, I've grown so so tired of uh, fact-checking my dad's Facebook posts that uh, I've had to um, defriend him. Uh, it seems that the more I tell Uncle Paul that websites like the New York's Times.co is not the real New York Times or that the Denver Global Post is more like the Macedonian bedroom blog, the less he actually believes me. Controversially, this American study also found that overall... Republicans shared more fake news than Democrats. And speaking from her rocking chair in her basement in Chapawala, New York, Hillary Clinton whispered, I told you so. <laughs> the study found that a Facebook users aged 65 or older nearly shared seven times as many fake news articles as the youngest group, 18 to 29, which tells us that old people, A, need a lot of help with digital literacy and that, B, young people no longer use Facebook. (laughs) So sell your shares. So tell me, folks, um, how have you battled with fake news from your boomer-aged friends and family? I don't have any boomer-aged friends, Dan. I just have um, boomers that I keep around and pretend to like, hoping that they'll leave me their house in their will. <laughs> so you're actually on board. You will actually, you know, for a, for a potential will placement, you will share that article about Pizzagate. Oh, absolutely. I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, he definitely seemed to be a pedophile, that yeah. pizza. Whatever. Yeah. How, how are you feeling, Gladys? A yeah. little? How's that temperature? <laughs> oh, it's hot, is it? I'm just going to crank the heat up. Yes. Don't worry about it. Build a wall, build it big. Share. <laughs> Click. <laughs> 
this whole shit, I mean, it doesn't, it makes total sense to me because old people just share so much. I think it's just that they're sharing everything too much. Yeah. Yeah, mm. if you're sitting on the train opposite an old person, they'll show you photos of their family. Yes. Uh, they'll, my- tell you, they'll tell you what medication they're on. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's like if I'm tagged in a photo, my auntie will comment on the tagged photo. It can just be a complete random tag in a <laughs> house like, party. Just like, looking great, darling. Yeah. <laughs> Love the support. But, uh- <laughs> yeah, mine, uh, I grew up in like a hippie household. So my parents very rarely use the internet. Right. Uh, so it's not a problem for me. They don't know how to do it. What about you, Cara? Uh, my mum's American. Wow. Uh, so her entire Facebook feed is trash. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she she uh, she went through a. When you uh, go visit her, do you just see like the the computer room burning like a like it's a dumpster <laughs> yeah, fire? And yeah. you're like, oh, mum's on uh, Facebook. <laughs> well, she's had to chuck out her computer two times because oh, because of the Russians. Really, yeah. <laughs> Um, So, yeah, I kind of, ever since like the truth, the, what is it called? The birth certificate truth stuff, the birther movement, Mm. um, I've kept an eye on her Facebook feed because I just want to make sure she doesn't accidentally believe crazy things. So did she get taken in by the birthers? Uh, She didn't quite, but she did like repost some stuff. Right. I mean, America we... elected one, so you yeah. she wasn't alone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, it yeah. should be noted, not all, not the majority of Americans elected one, but a lot, quite just, a lot. Just like, less. Oh, quite, just, just less of a majority. Slightly less. I don't know. I get it, though, because we've grown up with the internet pretty much, so we, we're familiar with the classic mm. traps. Mm. But, you know, when you scroll to the bottom of an article and then you see suggested articles and it'll be like, 10 pictures of Rove McManus's feet. <laughs> what the? <laughs> I want to click on that. So, of course, my dad's going to click on it. Yeah. Why do you want to look at Rove McManus's feet? Weirdly, I, I, this, yeah. I, well, it'd be interesting to see who, who his feet might turn gay for. Uh, <laughs> I, really, I read a story this week that brings in fake news and feet. And, in fact, um, I, like the new Democratic uh, senator, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, so the one who um, a lot... A lot of Republican internet enthusiasts have been trying to discredit. They put out that video of her about a week or so ago dancing when she was in college. Yeah, the da- they, Daily Caller put out this video of her yeah. dancing in college. And, and, and they were like... It was adorable. It was like, honestly, everyone who put it out ended up looking like the old man from Footloose being like, there's no <laughs> dancing in my town. But their new tactic when that didn't work was they put out this um, photo of her. It, it was um, from the knees down, naked in a bath, holding a vape pen. And they were like, we got this from her Instagram account from 2016, since deleted. And she said, that's ridiculous. I never did that. This is crazy. And the people who ended up proving that it was fake <laughs> is a foot fetish website called WikiFeet. <laughs> no! Who said that they had a full gallery of her feet, which they'd been collecting for a while. Oh and by matching their feet from the bath to their collection of her real feet, they could prove that it was, in fact, fake news. Oh, thank God for weirdos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Or not, if that's what you're into. I'm not going to yuck your yum. Yeah. <laughs> Say we will about those people. They've got a lot of soul. Boo. (laughs) Boo. Boo. Hey, you know, Facebook's mission used to be called, um, they had this this, uh, mantra and it was make the world more connected. But now it seems that connecting some parts of the world probably isn't such a good idea. What should Facebook's mantra be in 2019? No one cares about your memories. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go back to pokes. 
That'd yes. be my motto. It's so no one was no one was getting um, pizza gated when we were just poking each other. Yeah, I was poking you and your wall. I poked you back. Oh boy, I loved poke wars. Hmm. Yes. You never had to communicate with anybody. It was just always a poke. <laughs> Bring back the poke. A rational fear. Mexico's going to pay for it. Your fear is rational. I never meant they're going to write out a check. Fear number three. In definitely not a Nazi news now, friend of the far right, Fraser Anning, is planning on launching his own political party. Yes, since the last election when he got 19 primary votes, yet somehow ended up as a senator and now has got 70,000 friends on Facebook, he's now registered his own party. Any guesses to what Senator uh, Fraser Anning's party is going to be called? Any guesses? Raise the roof party. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it's not a Nazi party. <laughs> we were called the Nationalists. <laughs> well, he's gone with the Conservative Nationals. Wait, so now we have the the Christian Democrats? Yep. The, the, we don't have the Democrats. We have the Liberal Democrats. Yes. We have the Liberals. Liberals. We have the Conservatives. What's Cory Bernani's party called again? The Australian Conservative the Party. The Australian Conservatives. Yep. And now the... Conservative Nationals. Conservative Nationals. You know what I always think when I look at the National Party? I think they're not conservative enough. <laughs> <laughs> and a spokesperson for the Conservative Nationals Party said that voters should be able to tell the difference between Nationals and the Conservative Nationals on their behaviour. What defines the Conservative Nationals versus the Nationals? Well, the National Party has a bonk ban and the Conservative Nationals have a Muslim ban. Oh, <laughs> they're always banning things. They're always banning things. I mean, it does seem to be a willingness to attend Blair Cottrell's rallies, doesn't it? <laughs> now, Max Kozlowski has put out incredible reporting about the far right um, yesterday in the Sydney Morning Herald. And he, in, in this great takedown of the far right and, and how they're splintering apart, there's this paragraph with all of the names of the far right groups who are, all, who are at war with each other. Let me just read them out to you because I just love them. There's the Reclaim Australia Party, the United Patriots Front, which we know. There's Pauline Hanson's Guardian Angels. Oh, like, are they like Koshy's Angels? <laughs> there's one called Oz Conspiracy, NRG Media, Oh, that sounds like a... Um, it sounds like a dance party. Yeah, fully. I'm in. Nice. The National Republican Guard. For my money, that's that's very... Well, isn't that just energy again? <laughs> yeah, NRG. Yeah, NRG media. They're doubling down. But it also, it also sounds very Iranian, the National Republican Guard. Uh, Generation Identity Australia. Uh, mm-hmm. European Australian Civil Rights League. The Ban Islam Party. The Aussie Patriot Party. The Australian Settlers Rebellion. The Nationalist Uprising. Patriot Blue, which sounds like a great telephone company. Uh, and then Cook's Convicts. I love, I love the idea that, that, that James Cook actually brought convicts out to Australia, which he didn't. <laughs> He was just an explorer. Cook didn't actually have any convicts. <laughs> and, just, none of this makes sense. Was a notorious immigrant. Like they can't. Like you know, they're they're, very, they're like the original boat people. They I know are. that's been made uh, a lot of before, but like to really be like to throw it back to Captain Cook. That's. I mean, that's wild. I think the far right just need to go to a, a naming. Go. To, they need to go to a branding identity company that to work good. this shit out. But so, what is the what is the actual likelihood of Fraser Anning getting elected? Because, like, I know David Leinhelm, We all know he kind of only got elected because he called himself a Liberal Democrat, and then they got put at the part of the ticket where people thought they were voting for the Liberal Party. Yep. Uh, and then he realised he couldn't win anymore on the next election, so he's gone to the other highest office in the land, <laughs> New South Wales, Wales state mm-hmm. politics. 
Uh, so what's Fraser Anning's actual likelihood of getting in here? I think it's probably about, well, he's got to form a quorum of a minimum amount of people to kind of um, say he can register a party, which I'm sure he will. Does he have the NRG for it? (laughs) (laughs) Irrational fear. This is Irrational fear. Things have also ended up a little bit dirty. Considering the current climate, I thought who better to talk about racism than a descendant of an actual Nazi? Me. As a direct descendant, I can tell you that there is a difference between my grandfather, a real Nazi, and one of these fake ones rallying in St Kilda with their swastika flags, their SS helmets, and their attempt to start a fascist uprising inspired by the teachings of Adolf Hitler. You see, it's the hair. Nowadays they shave their heads or grow it long. No self-respect. Some people have labelled this group of mullet-sporting ubermenches neo-Nazis, which makes it sound like they're from the future. But we all know if time travel actually existed, they would all need to travel back to 1889 to protect baby Hitler. Personally, I think it's time to call these Nazis what they really are. Voters. These hard-working Aussie battlers are doing it tough, trying to raise a family while also denigrating an entire population of people based on their race. And just like the rest of us, they do their civic duty. They head to the ballot box each election, doodle a couple of swastikas in the corner, and then draw a big one next to the party with the best anti-Muslim policy. It's a tough choice. There are so many. Senator Fraser Anning knows this. Upon seeking legal advice, I'm not saying Fraser Anning is a Nazi, but he did attend the rally hot off the heels of his parliamentary speech in which he happened to use the words final solution. He claimed the people there weren't Nazis or even racist, to which a bold man standing next to him said Sig Hail. Naturally, Anning also claimed the trip as a work expense, flying down to St Kilda on the taxpayer's dime, automatically giving every tax evader in this country the moral high ground. It's always been a huge part of an Australian politician's job to sway racist voters on side. It's a messy but very rewarding experience. One need only look at the lengthy career of OG Daddy Prime Minister John Howard to see how beneficial this tactic can be. I've abandoned all of my principles. As opposition leader, Howard had laid the groundwork undoing attempts at restoring land rights to First Nations peoples, preventing the Hawke government from recognising their sovereignty, and calling for Asian immigration to be, quote, slowed down a little. Back in 1996, when we were all cutting out pictures of Jonathan Taylor Thomas and eating our own hair, then Prime Minister John Howard was cultivating an unlikely competition with an MP who would later place as runner-up in Dancing with the Stars. Teaching kids how to strap on a dildo. Ah, Pauline Hanson. We know her well because she's still in politics. Sorry, I went to a dark place there. Please explain. In the lead-up to the 1997 Queensland election, when I'd grown out of JTT, the Coalition Party had devised a preference deal to put one nation first. While Minnie and Howard's own seat of Bennelong were calling on him to decry Hanson's policies because they were, well, racist, his reaction was, eh. Later in 2003, he would say that it was because he found that if you tried to fight Hanson, she just became stronger. Like Rogue from X-Men, a cartoon I was watching while all of this was going on. But then, 
thanks to this lack of fight, her party took five seats from the Nationals. Howard handed One Nation their biggest victory yet. I don't want to talk about Hanson now. She's in irrelevance. So. The lesson Howard took from this was arguably not to denounce One Nation's rhetoric, but rather to denounce One Nation while quietly stealing Hanson's votes. He became even tougher on immigration, really leaned into that post-9-11 anti-Muslim vibe and gave one of the most memorable speeches on border protection since my mum gave me a speech about how to protect my borders the day I hit puberty. We will decide the circumstances in which they come. And looking back, boy, did this work a treat. Hanson herself said John Howard sailed home on One Nation policies, which is an eerily apt metaphor considering how boats would dominate coalition policy for the next two decades. Our current Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, displays a statue in his office declaring he stopped the boats, which is really discounting the efforts of his predecessors. After commenting on the racial protests on Sunday, Morrison said this on Monday. I support entirely the views expressed yesterday by acting PM Michael McCormack, condemning Senator Anning for attending the racist rally in St Kilda and associating himself with extreme and offensive racist views that have no place in our society. No place except in Parliament, where Senator Fraser Anning remains. After all, like Anning said, these racist, anti-Semitic, delusional, dangerous Nazis aren't Nazis. They're just votes. Irrational fear! It's about fear and it's about survival. On ABC Radio. Well, this is really exciting news. Um, I don't know if you've seen this, but um, Canadian astronomers have picked out radio signals from deep space. The BBC calls them mysterious signals emanating from a distant galaxy. It's a secret sound, and uh, if we get it, we get to the uh, Black Thunders turning up on your doorstep, and you're going to get some cold, hard cash. That's cash, 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 cash. Is your contract nearly up at Triple yeah, J? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's audition. You're with Veronica and Lewis on Triple um, J? J? Is it J or M? I, I don't care. Now, the sound consists of 13 radio bursts. It's, it's known as a FRB or fast radio burst, and it came from it comes from the a similar source that was recorded in two thousand and nine at about 1.6 billion light, light years away. I managed to go to Canada this week and interview Professor Kale Bain from the astronomer, who is astronomer at University of British Columbia, who was one of the researchers who made this discovery. Among the posters for Wayne Gretzky and empty bottles of maple syrup sits Kale Bain at his desk, where he first heard the sound that could change the course of scientific history. Well, it's called an FRB, or a fast radio burst, a sound that repeats about 13 times, and it's only happened a couple of times before. Wow, so what does that mean? Where, where are the sounds actually from? Well, we think it's evidence of either a black hole collapsing, alien life, or two stars f***ing. Wow, that, that sounds amazing. So what is the probability of two stars f***ing? No, alien life. Well, very, very slim. Uh, but when you hear the recording, you can't help but think you're listening in on an ancient civilization. Well, do you have a recording? Oh, sure. Here it is now. Now, you're going to hear some hissing, and that's just background noise. And then the repeating FRB. When men make less than women, women generally don't want to marry them. A rational fear on ABC Radio. Now, this is really weird. Now, there's a clip going around social media. I don't know if you've seen it. It's from a TV show called Trackdown from 1958, where the title of this episode is called The End of the World. 
and it's it sounds it's look a lot of things in this episode involve a man coming to a town to fool a whole bunch of gullible people into giving him money to build something. Uh, does this sound familiar at all? Uh, I'm just reading from the IMDb page here. Let me play you a couple of clips to see if you can make any parallels to any situations that might be happening today. You hear about Trump? Yes, sir. What are you going to do about him? Stop him. From what? From taking a town. Can you prove that that's what he has in mind? In order to arrest him, the sheriff has to have a charge. And Trump hasn't given him a thing to go on. There's got to be some way to stop it. Are you sure that's real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, this is a deep fake for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. this is one, this is the equivalent of a dad on Twitter being like, can't believe, but my son just actually came up with this incredible solution to immigration. He's so smart. I was like, no way. This is too perfect. But it's real. It's eerie. The clip keeps going. I am the only one. Just me. I can build a wall around your homes that nothing will penetrate. What do we do? How do we save ourselves? You ask, how do you build that wall? You ask, and I'm here to tell you. You're a liar, Trump. Whoa! So eerie. (laughs) If only we had a well-meaning smoking cowboy to come rescue us. (laughs) Who's going to be our smoking cowboy? Let's give James Kermie a pack of ciggies. (laughs) Well, maybe it'll be um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with her jewel. Riding on the back of Lennon. But wait until like Fox News finds an old like nineteen twenty six episode of Gunsmoke where an old guy called Trump comes in and saves a town from rapist Mexicans. That's gonna turn Twitter back around. A rational fear on ABC Radio. Capital City News now. Sydney is no longer the most expensive city to rent in. That title has gone to Canberra. What? Yeah, I know. It's very surprising. <laughs> um, we hit the streets to talk to some Canberrans to see how they feel about this. Oh, it's terrible. When I first moved to Canberra, it was like a country town, and now it's like a more expensive country town. Well, I don't actually pay rent. Do you own a house? No, I've been stuck on this roundabout for five years. I, I don't know how to get off. When Lonely Planet came out with their best cities, number one was Seville, and I thought, oh, can't speak the language. Number two was Detroit, and I was like, oh, oh no thanks. If I want to live in a city with crumbling infrastructure, I may as well stay in Sydney. <laughs> then number three was Canberra, and I thought, yeah, third. Third suits us. Third's good. You know, it's not too ambitious. So tell me, why did you move to Canberra? Uh, state-of-the-art university, excellent job opportunities, Questacon. Definitely Questacon. It's the reason my wife divorced me. I moved from Melbourne to escape the insane rents. Really cocked that one up. I came here on year six camp. The bus took off and, yeah, I've been here ever since. Well, that's it for Irrational Fear. Here's what you should be scared of next week. The sewer labyrinth beneath Adelaide becomes the most expensive place to rent and sit in Australia. And Donald Trump accidentally builds a wall between himself and his own chair. And finally, Craig McLaughlin was a beloved performer in the 90s. Irrational Fear is written and performed by Dan Illich, Lewis Holbert, Kara Slagle and Lucinda Price and produced by Jacob Rounder. Executive producer is James O'Brien. Until next week, there's always something to be scared of. Bye! Bye. On the third stroke, the Prime Minister of Australia will be... Scott Morrison. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.